здається над водою червона калина. Пишається над водою червона калина. Пишається калинонька, я вон молодіє, а кругом їх верболози, лози зелені. Верболози, лози зеленіють. Тече вода із загаю, та попід горою. Хлюпощуться та чаточки помеж осокою. Хлюпощуться та чаточки помеж осокою. А качечка Чуром за ними Ловить рязку Розмовляє З дітками своїми Ловить рязку Розмовляє З дітками своїми Тече вода Край города Вода стала Встала Прийшло дівчат Воду брати брало Воду брати брало, заспівало Вийшли з хати батько і мати Садок погуляти Порадитись, кого хто їм своїм взятим звати Порадитись, кого хто їм своїм взятим звати And Mariana Korobyova with one of Taras Shevchenko's many poems set to music, and that was Techovoda's Pid Yevora. Dobri vachir shonovni radio suchachita vitayovas vsik na radio predachu nasholos, radio ukrinskoho kurinya. Katra podiatsivam, yak svichino navahatumovni radio stansi, am trinatsia dvatsia chm bu misji venkoveri, e pomereji pcj radio mijnorodnemu. Pre mikrofoni povinuma kori, jako yushchuri shleper butasinoyu nestupnu hudenu. Hello there and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paulette Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pokaninska Pavina. Thank you so much for joining me. On this week's program, we've got one last nod to Taras Shevchenko, Ukraine's national bard, and we'll be hearing a little story as well as uh, another poem recitation by yours truly, and that comes from deep in the Nasholos Audio Archives, as well, Ukrainian Jewish heritage and a story about two currencies in two countries that are closely intertwined, that of course being Israel and Ukraine. 
as well our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, another of Tarashevchenko's poems put to music. And this is by a group called Litava. The song is Otsala Dosala from Village to Village. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. 
Popular Ukrainian singer Oksana Mucha with uh, poem of Tarashevchenko's set to, as you probably recognized, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. And the poem was Zoya Moria Vichirnya, Evening Star. Up next, another of Tarashevchenko's poems put to music. And uh, this is a new favorite of mine. It is called Yesna Sviti Dolya. It is uh, translates as there is freedom in the world, uh, but who knows it? 
And I'm going to just read the translation for the Ukrainian impaired who are listening, because it is very, I think, timely for today's, what's going on in the world today with the coronavirus epidemic. And we're in um, almost house arrest, kind of like Tarashevchenko was in exile. Not quite the same thing, but sort of the same feeling, I think, although, of course, time, when he lived in a time that was much more... Um, Nasty, brutish, and short, as the saying goes. But nonetheless, we're in pretty much all of the world suffering from isolation and loneliness and possibly even a bit of despair. So here's what Tarashevchenko wrote and the lyrics of this song depict in English translation. There is freedom in the world, but who knows it? There is fortune out there, but who owns it? There are people out there who shine in gold and silver. They seem to rule, yet freedom they don't have. No freedom, no fortune, just misery and boredom. They wear the fur coat, but are ashamed to cry. You take your gold and silver, and may you be wealthy. I will choose my tears to pour out the sorrow. I will drown all captivity in my little tears. I will stomp on misfortune with my naked feet, for I am happy, for I am wealthy. As my heart walks in freedom. Есть на світі доля, хто її знає. Есть на світі воля, хто її має. Есть люди на світі сріблом златом сяють, здається, панують, а долі не знають. Та будьте багаті, а я візьму сльози Лихо виливати, затоплений долю Дрібними сльозами, затопчу неволю Восими ногами, тоді я веселий Тоді я багатий, як буде серденько По волі гулянти Доля, хто її знає, єсть на світі воля, хто її має, єсть люди на світі сріблом златом сяють, здається, панують, волі не мають ні долі, ні волі з нудьою, та з горем жупан надівають, плакати сором.
for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Banknotes and coins are not only means of payment, they're also a symbol of sovereignty. This is a story about two currencies, two countries, and two peoples with a long and closely intertwined history the hryvnia, currency of Ukraine, and the shekel, currency of Israel. This is the story of how both of these countries have honoured the other with their respective currencies. Nothing confirms sovereign statehood like its own unique, identifiable, and stable currency. And arguably, no two countries know this better than Ukraine and Israel. One of the biggest challenges of any new state is being taken seriously on the world stage as a sovereign political entity with a viable economy. To that end, engaging in international trade is crucial. And for that to happen, a new state needs its own currency. In 1991, shortly after the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe, Ukraine suddenly found itself an independent state. After over 70 years of political and economic subordination, Ukraine was finally free of Kremlin control. But taking control of its own affairs, after centuries of foreign control, would be no easy task. As a new state, Ukraine found itself stuck with the Soviet ruble as its currency. This situation, using the currency of another country, was not conducive to creating the impression of sovereignty nor economic strength and stability. So, creating its own currency became a high priority for the new Ukrainian state. In 1948, after the Holocaust decimated the vast majority of European Jews, the Jewish people finally had their own state. And likewise, the new state of Israel found itself stuck with a foreign currency, the Palestine Pound. At the end of World War I, the Ottoman Empire conceded Palestine and Transjordan, which, at the end of the war, were undeveloped, poor, and sparsely populated, 
to the Allied forces. The League of Nations, the forerunner of today's United Nations, created the British Mandate of Palestine for the British to administer these territories. The Ottoman Empire had no official name for these lands. So the new administration chose the term Palestine, which dates back to ancient times. In the second century, the Roman Empire had crushed a Jewish revolt and recaptured Jerusalem and Judea. The Romans renamed the area of Judea as Palestine in an attempt to minimize Jewish identification with the land of Israel. With the creation of the new state of Israel in 1948, the British Mandate of Palestine came to an end. But, nonetheless, Israel was stuck with the Palestine pound as its currency. So creating its own currency became a high priority for the new Jewish state. It took a few years for both states to create and establish their own currencies, but in both cases the process began almost immediately. In Ukraine, a temporary currency, the Korbovanets, was created. By November of 1992, it had replaced the Soviet ruble and was sole legal tender in Ukraine. In 1996, the hryvnia was introduced as Ukraine's national currency when past President Viktor Yushchenko was chairman of the National Bank of Ukraine. Work to design the hryvnia had, however, begun much earlier and under secrecy. The first banknotes were printed outside the country in Canada and the United Kingdom. The one hryvnia banknotes were printed by the Canadian Banknote Company in 1992, and the two five- and ten-hrevnia banknotes in 1994. The banknotes were stored in Canada until they were put into circulation two years later. Israel's currency also involved secrecy. Planning for it began before the State of Israel was yet established or named. This was a tricky situation, as no reputable foreign firm was interested in printing banknotes for a non-existent state. Eventually, however, the American Banknote Company of New York was persuaded to print them, but without any indication that they were legal tender. When the banknotes were ordered, no one yet knew what the name of the new state would be, let alone the name of its currency. It was therefore decided to print Palestine Pound on the notes, the currency of the mandate. The banknotes reached Israel secretly in 1948. On August 17th, the government passed a law declaring the notes legal tender, and they were put into circulation on the following day. In 1952, the Israeli pound, or lira, was introduced to replace the Palestine pound. From then onwards, a debate raged over the non-Hebrew name of the currency. This resulted in a law in 1969 ordering the currency to be replaced by the shekel. It was finally introduced in 1980, after two years of planning in complete secrecy. After a period of hyperinflation, the shekel was replaced by the much more stable Israeli new shekel in 1986. Despite some talk of another change in 2013, the Israeli new shekel remains the country's monetary unit. The names of both these currencies, the Ukrainian hryvnia, and Israeli New Shekel have ancient roots. The Hrevnia is named after the currency used in medieval Kievan Rus called the Grivnia, which means mane. It might have indicated something valuable worn around the neck, usually made of silver or gold. 
Later, the word was used to describe silver or gold ingots of a certain weight. Today, the standard English name for Ukraine's currency is hryvnia. The National Bank of Ukraine has recommended that a distinction be made between hryvnia and grivna in both historical and practical means. The shekel's roots are even older. The shekel was an ancient Near Eastern unit of weight and is mentioned in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Old Testament. It was first a currency in ancient Tyre and ancient Carthage, and then in ancient Israel under the Maccabees. The modern state of Israel was created and built by Jewish settlers who came mainly from Eastern Europe, many from the territories of modern-day Ukraine. This latter-day exodus dates back as far as a century ago, when many Jews fled oppression in both the Russian and Austro-Hungarian empires. Since the establishment of the State of Israel, European Jews continued to emigrate to their ancestral homeland, despite the many obstacles, in particular in the communist countries of Eastern Europe. Several Jews from Ukrainian territories have been awarded one of Israel's highest honors, their portraits depicted on the state's banknotes and coins. And Ukraine has returned the favor. In recent years, the National Bank of Ukraine has issued dozens of commemorative coins on various topics. Several coins are dedicated to prominent Jewish writers and scientists who lived and worked in Ukraine, as well as religious buildings of Judaism in Ukraine. And a century ago, Yiddish was used on Ukrainian currency in 1917 to 1920. So profound was the impact of Jews on Ukraine that Yiddish was one of the three state languages on the paper currency of the Ukrainian People's Republic, an attempt at independence from Russia that lasted four years, until 1921. In the next edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we'll bring you the names of the distinguished and esteemed Ukrainians and Jews who grace the currencies of both countries. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada, which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. 
Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochankoFoundation.com. Every day, more Ukrainian soldiers are killed or wounded by Russian invaders. You can help wounded heroes by joining the Adopt-A-Soldier program of registered charity Ukraine War Amps. A small monthly donation goes very far for medical services and living expenses and creates a special bond between you and a wounded hero. 100% of your contribution goes to the soldier. Please, adopt a soldier today. Visit ukrainewaramps.ca or find us on Facebook.
was a song of uh, Taras Shevchenko, his lyrics put to music by Trubka from Edmonton, who are no longer together, but they and their offspring now, I think, are uh, in various spread over Edmonton and in various different Ukrainian polka bands that have sprung up since. And we acquired that back in the 1990s in the Nasholos Music Library when I was uh, still with my uh, two co-hosts at uh, CJVB Radio in uh, Vancouver back in the day in the first incarnation of Nash Holos. And I've got something for you from then. I'm not sure what year it was, 1990-something, three, four, five, six, maybe. Um, and it is, um, well, just something I felt I had to to tell listeners at that time as well as my two co-hosts. If you've been tuning in regularly to Nash Holos, you'll know that we've dedicated the entire month of March to the works of Taras Shevchenko, the most celebrated and beloved bard in the Ukrainian culture. Many of you are well acquainted with Shevchenko's works, those who emigrated from Ukraine after the Second World War, and whose children attended Saturday school, Rydna Shkola. Last week, Bohdan and I talked about this. How, as a child, he had envied the kids who spent their Saturdays playing hockey or watching cartoons on TV, while he was stuck at Zuridna Shkola memorizing Shevchenko's poetry. Well, I was one of those much-envied kids. I didn't have to go to Zuridna Shkola. I didn't even know it existed. All four of my grandparents were part of the first wave of Ukrainian immigration to Canada, but my parents and I were all born here, into a society which actively discouraged the study and preservation of the Ukrainian culture. So, having no idea at all that someone else might be envying me, I spent my childhood Saturdays playing dodgeball or ice skating or watching cartoons. I honestly can't remember. And that's what it's all about. I can't remember. And now the tables have turned, and I'm the one to envy Bohdan and anyone else who went to Ridna Shkola. You, Bohdan, and your fellow classmates, graduates of Ridna Shkola, have memories of your childhood Saturdays to share with your children. It might be just to justify why they have to go to Ridna Shkola, but you have those memories to share. You are well-versed, so to speak, in the Ukrainian culture. You grew up with it, living it, whereas I learned about Ukrainian culture from university textbooks, any second-hand stories I could wheedle out of my parents. Your beautiful command of the Ukrainian language, which I am still struggling with, and probably always will, is a part of you as natural as breathing. I envy you that. Still, I have much to be grateful for. In particular, I'm grateful to be working closely with two graduates of Ridna Shkola. For the past six years, Bohdan and Yevhan, my co-hosts here in Nasholos, have shared with me their knowledge and their memories in great abundance, I might add. And I'm especially grateful that they've helped me to capture and reclaim my Ukrainian birthright. And tonight, I'm especially grateful to have the opportunity to turn back the clock. For the next few moments, I'll pretend that I'm oh, about 10 years old and a student at the Ridna Shkola, reciting the poetry of Taras Shevchenko to an audience bursting with pride that another generation is carrying forth the words of their beloved bard. Tonight, I will recite for you Zapovit. Yakumru topochovaite mene na moheli seret stepu sherokoho navkrayini meli Щоблане широкополі, і Дніпро, і кручі було видно, було чути, як реве ревучі. Як понесе з України усеннє море кров ворожу, 
otodia ilanea i hore vse pokenu i polenu to samoho boha moletesia a do toho ja ne znaju boha pohovajte ta vstavajte kaj dane porvite i vražuju zloju krovju volju okropite imene simi veleki simi volni novi ne zabudite pomjanute ne zlem tehem slovom when i die let me be buried in my beloved ukraine my tomb upon a grave mound high amid the widespread plain that the fields the steppe unbounded the Dnieper's plunging shore my eye could see my ear could hear the mighty river roar when from ukraine the Dnieper bears into the deep blue sea the blood of foes then will i leave these hills and fertile fields i'll leave them all behind and fly to the abode of god to sing his praise but till that day i know nothing of god oh bury me then rise ye up and break your heavy chains and water with the tyrant's blood the freedom you have gained and in the great new family the family of the free with softly spoken kindly word remember also me yeah that was a pretty bad recording that was from a real to real tape and we didn't save those um recordings so um the only way i could get them was uh to record off my stereo onto a cassette so hence the pretty poor audio quality but even to my ear that doesn't doesn't even sound like my own voice but it is a long long time ago 25 years ago or so anyways i hope you enjoyed that trip down memory lane with me coming up next is another song from that era um the 80s or 70s 80s early 90s perhaps um the group is called Fata Morgana they were originally from Kiev and uh emigrated to the states where they continued to make great ukrainian music and here is Alexei Kerekesha and Fata Morgana with another of Shevchenko's poems put to music this is the story of the legendary maybe real maybe not Ottoman Hamalia
This is Irena Bell, producer and host of the Ukrainian Hour on Chin Radio in Ottawa with a Did You Know Chisnalevi segment and special greetings to the listeners of Nasholos. Did you know that there was a very special friendship between one of Ukraine's greatest historical figures, Taras Shevchenko, and a famously talented black American, Ira Aldridge? Although both men died in the 1860s, both of their images are present in the capital city of the United States. A mere two and a half miles apart, in Washington, D.C., stand monuments to Taras Shevchenko and to Ira Aldridge. The first was born a Ukrainian serf who was purchased out of bondage in order for his immense talents to blossom. The second was born a black in New York who, because of the color of his skin, had to leave his country to find the full glory of his God-given talent. At the corner of 22nd and P Streets in northwest Washington stands the figure of Taras Shevchenko. This is a monument to the man, his writing, his profound commentaries on human dignity, pleas of help for the plight of the downtrodden, and his aspirations for his country, struggling under Tsarist repression. On the other side of the city stands the Ira Aldridge Theatre on the Howard University campus. Portraits of both men hang in that theatre. Portraits painted by Taras Shevchenko and donated to Howard University in 1967 from the archives of the Ukrainian Academy of Arts and Sciences in the United States. Born a serf in Ukraine, Shevchenko was destined for a lifetime of servitude. Yet, when his owner left Ukraine for St. Petersburg, Russia, he took the young Shevchenko along. In St. Petersburg, Shevchenko's artistic talents were revealed. In 1838, the city's artistic circles succeeded in purchasing Shevchenko's freedom. Once free, he became a student at the Imperial Academy of Arts, and his artwork and poetic writing flourished. Shevchenko returned to Ukraine in 1845 to find great injustices. His poems criticized the Tsarist regime and chided the aristocracy's oppression of the peasants. For this he was arrested and deported from Ukraine to exile in a remote part of Russia, and by the decree of the Tsar denied writing and drawing materials. Despite the Tsar's orders and the incarceration's terrible cost to his health, Shevchenko secretly composed some of his most powerful works while imprisoned and in political exile. But Shevchenko's Ukrainian and Russian friends, including Count and Countess Tolstoy, worked to secure his freedom. Finally, ten years after his arrest, Shevchenko was released. Forbidden to return to Ukraine, he returned to St. Petersburg, where he met the American Ira Aldridge. Aldridge had been born in New York and found his opportunities limited due to discrimination against blacks. He emigrated to England in 1824 and was soon performing in England's finest theaters. In 1858, Aldridge accepted an invitation from the Russian Imperial Theater to perform in St. Petersburg. Shevchenko attended the opening performance, and the two men were introduced. There are numerous letters and notes commenting upon their meeting and friendship. One of Tolstoy's daughters served as an early translator between Aldridge and Shevchenko, and wrote about the experience and their friendship. Shevchenko attended Aldridge's performances. Aldridge visited Shevchenko's studio and posed for the artist. They visited one another often and spent time in the same social circles one that included many artists, performers, intellectuals. 
Their friendship was unique since they had in common not only the creativity of their personalities and their love of the arts, but their shared experiences of social oppression and their dreams of a better future for their people. Though free, famous, with powerful friends, living in the world of Russian aristocracy, neither seemed able to forget his past and the plight of his people. Those who wrote about their friendship noted that they often sang together. Aldridge greatly appreciated the sorrowful and melodic Ukrainian songs that captured the unfortunate plight of the people of Ukraine. Shevchenko, in turn, loved the songs of the Negro South, no doubt to great extent for the same reasons. When Aldridge returned to England, he took with him a portrait of Shevchenko. Aldridge returned to Russia several years later, but by then Shevchenko had passed away. Between 1861 and 1866, Ira Aldridge made several tours of the Tsarist Empire, including three trips to Ukraine, to Shevchenko's homeland, trips that had been denied to Shevchenko himself. Both of these men, historic giants in their artistic fields and in their messages about the struggles of mankind for dignity and the perseverance of individuals, died on foreign soil far from their homelands. Ira Aldridge's body remains in Poland. Eventually, Taras Shevchenko's body was returned to Ukraine from Russia, and their unique friendship remains a story for the ages. This information was excerpted from an article by Robert McConnell and comes from a U.S.-Ukraine Foundation update. Many thanks to Irena Bell of the Ukrainian radio program in Ottawa for sharing Chisnalave, Did You Know, with Nasholis listeners. You can catch her show at www.chinradioottawa.com.
Ryuchenko, Cherenz Poloto, Podai Ryuchenko, Moje Zoloto, Podai Ryuchenko, Moje Zoloto, Cherenz Ryuchenko, Cherenz Pestruju, Podai Ryuchenko, Podai Druju, Podai Ryuchenko, Podai Druju. And that was Mickey and Bunny, of course, with Sonsenezenko, or Sunset. And before them was Dmitro Bohush with Zapovit, which was um, a much better recitation of Taras Shevchenko's poem Zapovit than mine earlier. You've been listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, make sure to visit us online at www.noshholos.com where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, a link to the Nash Holos podcast, information about the show, and a link to our Patreon site where you can support us if you like. It's www.noshholos.com. Не жаме вже скінчила нашу програму, вже час до дому сказати до побачення, але перед тим я хочу залишити вас цими словами мудрості. Справдую, далше зайдеш, чим спрехнею. And our proverb of the week translates as you can go further with truth than with lies. And with that, we've come to the end of our program, so we'll leave you with a toe-tapper courtesy millennia from their CD Live on the Rocks. Sorry. Swine flu polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich. <laughs>
This is Pavlina, and I hope you enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter, I hope I can convince you to become one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month. Or if you're feeling really generous and can afford it, maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget. What does becoming a Patreon donor get you besides the good feeling that comes with knowing you're supporting a good cause? Well, I'm hoping you'll also become a part of the show itself by providing story ideas and connecting with Ukrainian artists and artisans looking for free publicity. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue and ensure that future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholos programming that you currently do. If you're ambivalent about Patreon but would still like to donate or contribute ideas to the show, please send an email via the contact page on our website. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nash Holos. That's Patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nashholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. It'll take you to our page where you can choose your level of support. Thank you for listening and for your support. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.